1: Episode 149. Hey, my riches! Happy Monday to us all. How to start? This is a question that pops up very, very often. As entrepreneurs, we're starting something new almost every day. The first and most important question is what should be the first step as entrepreneur? How to start our entrepreneurship? What are the first stages that we are going to set in order to make it a very successful business as fast as possible? Many entrepreneurs think that starting your entrepreneurship means leaving your nine to five job, and it sure is. However, the technological revolution opens endless opportunities to reach faster easier, and bigger successes through your entrepreneurship. In today's episode, I speak with five outstanding entrepreneurs about their surprising breakthrough. I'm talking with Guy Kawasaki, Michael Stelzner, Marcus Sheridan, Dr. I, and John Nemo about the way they started their entrepreneurship, or about the shift they did during the way that allowed them to reach the highest level where they are today. These five entrepreneurs made a considerable shift from their previous jobs to the entrepreneurship they chose to start, and sometimes to the second or third level of their entrepreneurships. It allowed them to find much bigger opportunities that led Massive success. Listen to their stories and think which of these opportunities can be a game changer for your business or what is the opportunity that will be the game changer for your entrepreneurship right now. My first guest today is Guy Kawasaki. Most people don't know that, but Guy started as a marketing and salesperson in a jewelry business and became the chief evangelist of Apple, the chief evangelist of Canva, and the host of Remarkable People podcast. I'm very excited to introduce Guy Kawasaki. Guy, what a pleasure and an honor to have you here with us today. Wow.
0: You you flatter me too much. It's (laughs) it's my pleasure and honor.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Guy, it's interesting because you've done so much and I wonder how would you describe your story? Where did it start? How you talk about how your career started? We know the stories, but how would you describe it?
0: Well, believe it or not, my career really started in the jewelry business, Uh, not not a tech business. Uh, I started a part-time job when I was at UCLA getting an MBA. So I worked for a jewelry manufacturer in downtown L.A. It was a small manufacturing company owned by a Jewish family, and that's where I learned sales and marketing. So I have a I have a, a deep understanding and love of many things Jewish.
1: <laughs> this is news. I didn't know that. Um, (laughs) how long have you been doing sales and marketing in the traditional world, which I uh, started in, of course, as well?
0: Oh, in traditional world, you mean jewelry? Jewelries. Yeah. Yeah, So I was in the jewelry business for about six years.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the next uh, step was really, um, Macintosh or was there anything between?
0: Well, I was in the jewelry business. And then I got an Apple II, and I fell in love with computers. So my college roommate eventually hired me into Apple. I worked for a small software company for about six months, but that software company was acquired, and the acquirer wanted me to move to Atlanta, and I didn't want to move to Atlanta. So that's when I made the switch from a small software company to Apple as a software evangelist.
1: Wow. And... Have you been adventurous evangelist during all your uh, stages since then? Yes,
0: yeah, so I, I went to work for Apple as an evangelist. I left to start a company. I returned to Apple as Apple's chief evangelist. <laughs> I left to start a company. And basically, <laughs> I've been at Apple twice, and I've been an entrepreneur, speaker, and author since then.
1: Do you remember any point of success where you really felt that you are succeeding to talk to the right customers, bring them something they need?
0: Yeah. Well, listen, you know, I started at Canva when Canva was two years old, but I think that from the get-go, they had a very good prototype. They, They truly understood that people wanted to create graphics who could not create graphics by themselves. And Canva has been growing like a rocket. So, and I'm not, I'm not taking credit for that. Hmm. I think the credit belongs to the founders of Canva, uh, Melanie Perkins and Cliff Olbrecht. But they hit it pretty good right out the gate. And th- this is actually called Guy's Golden Touch. Mm-hmm. So Guy's Golden Touch is not whatever I touch turns to gold. Guy's Golden Touch is whatever is gold Guy touches.
1: <laughs> So this is a great advice. However, not all of us know to see it at, on time. So.
0: <laughs> well, I, I have learned in my career that it's better to be lucky than smart.
1: <laughs> Guy is hosting the Remarkable People podcast weekly on Wednesdays. Among his remarkable guests, Ariana Huffington, Martha Stewart, Steve Wozniak, Jane Goodall, and more. Michael Stelzner, from being a writer to start a new revolutionary blog, sharing free content, which nobody did at that time, to launching the leading global conference for social media. Mike Stelzner, wow, I waited for this conversation. So great to have you here.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you. And can you... Tell me in very, very few words about your career and how did it all come together to to this social media examiner and the social media marketing world?
2: I started um, as a writer. And then in 2009, I did what I call my great experiment, where I was able to secure the website socialmediaexaminer.com for like $10. <laughs> and, you know, from one of those website places. And I decided to reach out to some of my friends who were writers and encourage them to write for this movement that I was starting called Social Media Examiner. And in 2009, there were not a lot of websites that were giving away a lot of free information. And this thing just kind of took off. And in months, all of a sudden, I had a crazy, successful blog on my hand.
1: Mm.
2: And, and then the rest is history, right? From that blog, we were able to launch online conference and then a physical conference and podcasts and live show and just all these things that we're doing today over eight years later. But it all started with me starting, you know, getting a domain and having the um, willingness to try an experiment that I knew might not work.
1: Wow. I think one of the most incredible things was that I, in 2009, suddenly found Something free that all the time sharing information and knowledge and giving and giving and giving. And I think you actually established it that way.
2: Yeah, that's when I established it.
1: And now I would like you to tell me a story about your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right with your customers.
2: I think that the greatest success that I ever achieved was deciding to not just teach people online but to teach them in person and the year was 2013 I launched social media marketing world 1100 people showed up and many of them told me it was the best experience they've ever had in their life and for me that was a really 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 big deal because um it was a lot of work and I didn't know if it would work But now, you know, we're coming up on our sixth year here in a couple of months. And and I know now it's the best thing that we do. And it's, you know, I had to be willing to try this. And I'm glad I did because there's no looking back now.
1: Hmm. Why? I mean, you have so much influence through online and through your blog. What really made you look for touching people in person?
2: When I launched my website, Social Media Examiner, I went to two other conferences, and while I was there, I made contacts with a lot of the speakers that were there, and those contacts became very instrumental in the growth of my company. And I began to realize that going to conferences and trade shows was really like the secret sauce to success for so many of us, and I just saw how poorly many of those conferences were done, and I wanted one for my audience. I wanted one for somebody like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I took all the things that were bad about all these other events, and I tried to make them right with my event. And I just had this intuitive sense that this is going to work. And it really did work.
1: It does work. It's working all the time. Michael will host Social Media Marketing World 2020, the leading global social media conference with epic guests like Mark Schaefer, David Muirman Scott, Mary Smith, Marcus Sheridan, Anne Handley, Jasmine Starr, and many more. Marcus Sheridan, from almost losing his swimming pool business in the crash of 2008, to being named as one of the 20 speakers you don't want to miss by Forbes. Marcus, I just reviewed what you've done until now. Hmm. Please Share with us what are you doing today, and what are you most passionate about, and where are you heading?
3: Nobody ever grows up and says they want to be a pool guy, right and so <laughs> no. so i was a I was a pool guy for what was about ten years of my life, but I had to do that, and I had to go through that economic collapse in order to get on the next path, right and the next path was teaching. What has become known by many as content marketing, but to me really I think it's a it's a much deeper conversation than calling it marketing because if you take away the fancy phrases like digital or sales or marketing or social, all we're really talking about is teaching and trust. And so I'm trying to help companies and organizations see the world differently and see themselves as teachers. And do whatever it takes so that they can build that trust, and so that's the path that I'm on, and it's a fun path. It takes me around the world and where it allows me to talk to to good people like you how <laughs> you thanks so it's it's been a it's really been a great ride, so that's that's what I think about most days.
1: Can you describe in few words how your company started? Either you can choose the swimming pool company or the sales line. And what was the story of that?
3: Well, so you know, I'll do both really quick. With River Pools, I was just out of university and um, was looking for a job. And I thought I was going to get into teaching. My two friends had started a swimming pool company. This was in the year 2000, and they needed somebody to run the retail store. And they asked me to do that and I said yeah I'll do that until I find my next job. Well, about 6 months into it they said, "Why don't you become our third partner?" And so I became the third partner and that's how I became a pool guy.
1: It sounds great being a pool guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You know, sometimes it's funny how you people say to me like, "Do you ever get tired of telling the pool guy story?" And
1: I must tell you I heard it around four or five times and i never get tired of
3: hearing (laughs) that again well but for me it's like it's who i am you know it's a foundation of the story and although i'm not quote a pool guy anymore somebody says hey it's the pool guy it doesn't bother me because it is who i am and it's a story that people can put their arms around and they say ah so that's that's what can happen with all this digital stuff that I've been hearing about. That's how it can relate to me and my business. So yeah, I, you know, and, and of course today it's the most traffic swimming pool website in the world. It's amazing, right? It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. And, and I just, you know, we went from being a struggling retailer to now we install pools throughout Virginia, Maryland. We are manufacturing fiberglass pools throughout the United States. We've got dealers popping up everywhere. We're off to the races, and it's only getting better, but it's all because we said we're going to be the best teachers in the world when it comes to fiberglass pools. That's the thing that did it.
1: And the sales line.
3: Hmm. The sales line is funny. You know, I started with what, of course, I call They Ask You Answer with River Pools in 2009 to save the business. And within about seven or eight months, I said to myself, man, this stuff works. <laughs> I need to." I need to tell everybody about this. So I started a personal website where I was just going to write my thoughts on sales and business, and I called it the sales lion because I like lions. I think they're awesome. Duh. Yeah, they are, and it sounded better than the marketing lion. So so I went with the sales lion, and I, you know, I tell you what, for the first year, I don't really think anybody listened, didn't get much traction, but then all of a sudden – People started to read it, and I started to get invited to events and to conferences. And when I got invited to one, then I got invited to two, and then it was four, and then it was eight. It just snowballed. And today, um, I've got a consultancy where we help businesses, um, small to medium-sized businesses, to, like you said, to embrace what you and I might call content marketing. but to really become leaders in their space, to become the most trusted voice, to embrace what's happening with today's buyer, to embrace, you know, textual and video content and to go all in with it. It's been really cool too, because, you know, for a while the only cool case studies was Riverpools, but now I've created a ton of other case studies of people doing the ask you answer.
1: I wonder what is your biggest success with customers? What was one of the wins that you had uh, on the way? Well,
3: well, Well, the easy one there is being willing to embrace that philosophy of they ask you answer and say, any question that I've ever been asked by a pool shopper, I'm going to answer it on my website through text and video. And just to give you a simple idea, and this story is in the book, one of the main questions I used to get asked all the time was, Marcus, how much does a fiberglass pool cost? You know, and I did this in 2009. No pool guys wanted to address on their website the subject of cost. They just talked around it.
1: Most businesses are not doing this until today. They are not talking about cost. That, oh, it's a huge
3: problem, huge, huge, huge issue. And so I said, well, buyers want to know, so I'm going to talk about it. And I talked about it a lot. Well, to make a long story short, that one article, you know, Because we have advanced analytics and we can do tracking, we know the total number of leads, the number of sales, and the actual revenue dollar that that one article on my website has created for the company. And it took me 45 minutes to write at my kitchen table, and it's generated $3.5 million in sales.
1: Wow. Wow. And this was one of the first one. articles? One of the first ones.
3: What? Yeah, because when I did when I said we're going to do they ask you answer, it, <laughs> it was like, well, this is the first question everybody wants to know. So Marcus, come on, give me a feel for these things. What are we looking at here? What might this cost? And so I said, okay, fine, we're going to do it. I didn't think twice about it. And oh my goodness, that was a home run.
1: So it feels so great because I remember your story about how difficult things became. And I know from sometimes from my companies and from other startups that I work with, sometimes we are really scratching in order to try and find the next customer and from customer to customer. And suddenly you felt exactly the opposite. (laughs) Suddenly they came to you.
3: That's a beautiful thing, right? And that's the essence of what inbound marketing is. And you know, sometimes people say, "How would you define inbound?" But to me, inbound marketing is like that young teenage boy at a dance, where you're at the dance and you basically see two type of we'll call them guys here. The first guy is tapping every girl on the shoulder trying to get a dance, and most of them are kind of running in the other direction, right? And so mm-hmm. he's, he's depressed, and he can't get a dance. Sure. The second guy is the guy who's got all the people around him, and everybody wants to dance with him. And he can pretty much pick and choose who is he going to dance with. And if you pick and choose who you dance with, there's a good chance that you're going to have a much better time at the dance. And so really, that's inbound. We have a choice. We can be tapping everyone on the shoulder, begging for their business, or we can have so much value to the marketplace because we're such great teachers that they come to us and they say, hey, can we dance? And now we have the choice.
4: Wow.
1: So you have this new book, and what is the one thing you're most fired up about? How are you going to bring this whole idea to the whole world? Well, you know,
3: I wrote the book because for so long, the Riverpool story has been talked about in other books. I said, why am I not writing this story? (laughs) It's my story. (laughs) It's my story. So I I wrote it, and just getting it out there was, for me, it was a big victory. The fact that Mashable called it the number one marketing book to read in 2017, that was a really big deal. I like that. It is. But you know what's cool? to, To have people that have never read my stuff before get the book. And they email me, they contact me, and they say, Marcus, this has had a huge impact on me already. I'm so excited. I'm rejuvenated. I'm reinvigorated for my business. And uh, that brings me a lot of joy. And it's been very successful. I've been very, very pleased with the book so far.
1: Where can we get it? Where can we find it?
3: Well... <laughs> You can get on Amazon when they're not sold out. Somebody emailed <laughs> me last night on – oh, no, somebody hit me on Twitter yesterday. It's like, hey, your I want to get five more copies of your book, and it's sold out on Amazon. So that's probably a good sign. So you can get on Amazon. You can get at Barnes & Noble, and uh, hopefully you can get at other places as well. But those are the two main places that you can order it.
1: And I'm going to order it in the conference, I hope. Yeah, hopefully
3: I'll be able to sign it for you. I'll be doing a book signing there at Social Media Marketing World. So hopefully I'll just be able to knock it out there right there for you.
1: Please save one to me because I'm sure you will get out of books very, very fast. Um... (laughs) Marcus will be the closing keynote speaker of Social Media Marketing World 20, the global leading social media conference in San Diego. John Nemo, from being a journalist to serving debt collectors, and today an online course creator, author, and LinkedIn expert, writing profiles for influencers like Chris Brogan, Mary Smith, John Lee Dumas, Bob Berg, and many more. John, you talk a lot about some kind of your customers, and I really want to ask you, who are your customers today? And the story about how did you figure out who are your most potential customers or consumers?
4: This is a great question. Um, And this is one thing I've had to learn a lot about running my own business. So you know, my narrative very quickly, and this will lead into who my customers are, but I started out as a journalist. I worked for the Associated Press, and then I worked in public relations, and then I worked in social media, and I was always working for companies. And I ended up getting myself into trouble because of office politics and red tape and corporate rules like i you can tell I just want to go a hundred miles an hour like i don't I don't like to sit still and play games and so eventually in twenty twelve I went out on my own and I didn't know anything about you know niche marketing and audiences and and what to do and and the best advice I got in the beginning when I went on my own was. You know, um, my brother-in-law, who runs a very successful company here in the U.S., he said, the riches are in the niches. Like, you've got to Mm -hmm. identify, be a big fish in a small pond. Identify an audience that you can serve, that is going to relate to you and like you, and then go serve them. And so my audience has changed quite a bit. So when I started in 2012, I wanted to open a marketing agency. And and do marketing services, and you know, create marketing videos, and public relations, press releases, and social media campaigns. And so, rather than trying to be everything to everyone, what I did was I identified one small audience, which was debt collection agencies. And and most people go,
1: oh, right. why Why would you? Wow. Keep-? Yeah. Got like, these wh- stories. Yeah. Wonderful one.
4: Yeah, and so the reason was I had worked for a trade association doing public relations, serving that industry. And so I now, I had spent two or three years working in that industry, seeing what the challenges were to those folks. And so one lesson everyone listening can take away is, where have you walked? Where have you worked? Because as an audience, the number one thing they're going to want to know when you go to them to sell your product or services, do you get me? Do you get my industry? Do you understand the unique challenges and regulations and rules and the style of how we serve customers, because, you know, that's the big thing. People want to know that you get it. And so the number one thing I teach people inside LinkedIn Riches is if you're starting out as a coach, a consultant to whatever it is, a service, a product, like start with an audience in an industry that you've worked in because you immediately get what I call street cred, right? Or credibility like, oh, you get it because you worked in the debt collection industry. So when I started, right, I just it was very simple to identify yes, I could sell marketing services to anyone and do it well. But when I only focused on selling it to debt collectors, I branded and marketed my agency as debt collection marketing services, debt collection PR services, debt collection, social media consulting. And they loved it, right? They loved it because it was like, oh, you're all about us. You're only focused on us. You've worked in the industry. And then where LinkedIn comes in is, I didn't have – I had one client when I quit my day job in 2012, right? I had one debt collector, you know? had enough (laughs) money for 30 days, and I had to find a bunch of clients, and I didn't know where to start. I didn't have a budget. I didn't have investors. It was me sitting in a bedroom in my home with a folding card table and a laptop, and I got on LinkedIn, And there's 500 million people on LinkedIn, and it's basically the world's largest search engine for professionals. So I literally typed in the phrase debt collector into LinkedIn, immediately had thousands of debt collectors where I could find the decision makers at these agencies. I could find the CEO, the owner who would spend money on marketing services. I could immediately connect, engage, build a one-on-one relationship with them, Right? make some small talk. Almost like virtual coffee meetings, you know, virtual, just get to know you type meetings. Then I could market to them with content, with tips, with ideas. And within my first 90 days doing this, right, I generated six figures in revenue from that audience being niche focused. And so, you know, that's evolved now where I've gotten out of doing the done for you marketing services where today, again, with the shift in focus to just doing online courses. What I've done is, you know, as I've grown out LinkedIn Riches and webinars that work, the new course, I've constantly am trying to find out who's buying my stuff. So one of the things in my you know email autoresponder when you purchase LinkedIn Riches is I have an email that says, How did you find Nemo? Right. And I'm playing off the movie Finding Nemo, of course, and my last sure. name. But I, I just write a quick email that says, How did you find Nemo? And what do you tell me what you do and who you are? And so that does a couple of things. People will say, Oh, I found you because someone in my work group shared a link to your webinar and I work here. Or, you know, I read about you on Inc Magazine. Uh, or I saw, I heard your podcast or you were mentioned on Hayute's podcast and that's how I heard mm-hmm. about you. Oh, okay. That was my lead source. And then what I do is I survey my audience and I look at my list of buyers and I break down all the data and I looked, you know, for example, with LinkedIn Riches, the program that you're part of. 40% of the people that bought that, um, just coming in through a general webinar, or general marketing, 40% of the people were business coaches and consultants. So nice. I knew, yeah, I knew by just surveying and studying my audience, because what you can do is, even if you don't know who someone is, if you have their name and email, look them up online, look them up on LinkedIn, you can immediately see what type of work they do. So it took time, but I think that's critical to know your audience. And so now I took that 40% of my buyers and started rewriting and reframing again, my marketing for my future products to appeal to coaches and consultants. And I run what I call a one question survey. And this is a great tip for anyone to really understand what your audience wants. So I go to my email list, I go to my buyers and I'll say, you know, here's the one question survey. I say, what do you want to know more about blank? What do you want to know more about Using LinkedIn for sales? What do you want to know more about webinars? What do you want to know more about sales? What do you want to know more about IT consulting? You know, whatever it is. And then you let them write an answer, an open-ended answer. And what I've picked up from that, Hayute is language patterns, phrases they use for my mm, copywriting. Sure. So I know what buzzwords to use. I know how they refer to themselves and their needs. I pick up the pain points. I pick up the struggles. So for example, the number one uh, concern of my audience of business coaches and consultants is getting leads. The number two concern is building my client base. Number three is, you know, increasing revenue. Number four is making an impact on other people as a coach, you know, impacting their life. So now when I go out and market my programs to that audience, I use those phrases. My new webinar says for LinkedIn Riches now says how business coaches and consultants, I put them in the title, can use LinkedIn too, and then the three benefits are generate leads, build your client base, and impact others. And it sells incredibly well because guess what? I'm talking to them in their own language, and I'm promising them the benefits that they've told me they want. So you really want to dial into your audience and ask them, ask them in a sensible way in a way that you can measure what do you need help with, what are you looking for guidance on and that will tell you what you should create for products and services and webinars and podcast episodes and blog posts and books. It's very simple. We need to ask what people want and then we need to create it and give it to them.
1: That's, that's – wow, that's everything I wanted you uh, to talk about. All right. So. Well,
4: scraping on. See you later. No. <laughs>
1: John will speak on Social Media Marketing World 2020, the global leading social media conference about the fast, easy, and non-sleazy way to generate leads on LinkedIn. And my last guest for today is Dr. I. Edison Zhang, from being an university professor to hosting two weekly live streaming shows and inventing The School Without Walls. Dr.
5: I what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. So honored. It is my
1: honor and it's great. And I just learned about you because I heard a very, very, very warm recommendation that I must have you on my show. So here you are. And I'm looking forward to hear all you have to tell us. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where
5: are you heading? Yeah, so I used to be a co I taught in higher education in quite a few different universities in the United States for more than 10 plus years. I taught communication, public relations, but later as social media became really popular, so, I started to teach more social media, personal branding classes. And uh, But last year, in May 2019, I resigned oh. from my associate professor position hmm. to embark on an audacious journey, which is to build my own school. And uh, that is what I'm working on right now.
1: Wow, it sounds fantastic, your own school. What does it mean? <laughs>
5: So I think uh, you asked me how I got started on this journey and uh, after teaching uh, in higher education for so many years, I really started to notice how our educational system was not really preparing our children for the future. So pretty much we are using an old, very old model to prepare our children for the future. And that hurts me as an educator. I don't want to see that. And uh, I love learning, I love reading, and uh, I feel like I cannot have a solution (laughs) for this problem. I feel like I can better prepare the next generation based on what I have learned from my personal experience as an educator and from the books I read. Um, from the podcasts I listened to, the conferences I attended, the people I worked with. So, yeah, and there are many important missing links in our education that are not being emphasized in the traditional educational system. Like, for example, digital storytelling, right? Our ability to talk to the camera, to talk to a computer, to engage in a podcast interview, To clearly articulate ourselves in the digital age. To me, that is as important as reading, as writing, as sports, but our children are not learning. And even for the students who are in social media classes, who are in marketing classes, who are in communication classes, they don't know. They are mainly using social media, for example, as a passive means to consume content. Right. They haven't learned how to use digital devices, for example, to build a personal brand, for example, to launch a podcast, hmm. to, to host a live streaming show, and to network, to share content, to share their story, to inspire others, to create a movement. They don't know. Hmm. They are only using technology at a very superficial level. Uh, level. So those are some of the reasons and I can go on and on to talk about the issues, but that's how I kind of uh, got started and or inspired to build a better school to teach our children to have the essential skills that they need to become successful in the 21st century. Wow. Now I would
1: like you to share with us your biggest success due to the right customer approach or something you did right with your customers at the time that you see yourself as an entrepreneur?
5: So I have been hosting my live streaming show for quite some time. And uh, I I guess the content I'm sharing is doing uh, the marketing for me quite effectively. And I always have people regularly who approach to me and uh, come to me and to for coaching services and uh, to uh, they booked me to do a host to host a live streaming show for them. So I, I think you know understanding what you are good at, uh, p- clearly messaging and positioning your service. In my case, is being a live streaming host. So that has really helped me a- attract the right audience to me, especially those people in the education space. They invite me to host live streaming shows for them or talk about using technology to break down uh, traditional uh, school and learning physical barriers. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question.
1: It's a great success. If this is a success that really affected your journey, it's great.
5: Almost to the extent that I feel like I'm not even marketing this, but because my content is performing so well, hmm. people just come to me. It's almost like effortlessly wow. manifestation or creation. I think that's a that's a great state that as entrepreneurs Definitely. that we want to come, but we don't want to chase. You know, like, oh, my God, there's one client. I need to chase the other one. Always run after them. That is exhausting. And I don't think that's an ideal state that we want to achieve. And in my case, I put so much effort and thoughts into my hosting, my show, my content creation, and the content I'm putting out is attracting the people to me the right people to me and almost effortlessly and to me that's a great success it is because i don't i don't really enjoy chasing after people all the time i want them to come to me the right people come to me sure
1: that's the right way we're talking about attracting our customers and you are doing that um like instantly and it sounds fantastic
5: and uh, here's another quick story i recently just uh, book, another uh, speaking slash consulting gig in India and this person has been like consuming my content specifically on LinkedIn for quite some time so he knew everything about me my content is doing the marketing for me, authority building, trust building, community building for me and he just came to me and uh, we scheduled a chat and then the next day I got the money, I got the contract it was amazing, I was like wow I want more of
1: that. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I Can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales that can help our listeners? However, I'm not looking for the last, shiniest new tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and might work for other entrepreneurs as well?
5: One thing that worked so well for me is video content. Video content. And uh, I don't know, I can also tell you specific tools, you know, rush. I use all of them. But in terms of something that is free, that all of us can use, for me, it is video content. And because of the video content I shared, you know, I shared with you earlier, and I got speaking gigs, Clients who just came to me without me reaching out to them. I also like I, I work with Adobe, HubSpot, ICM Rush, all those brands. They all came to me because of the hmm. video content I put out on a regular. I show up consistently and I have my own strategy. So in my case, it's really leveraging video. It's cheap. It's not even cheap, it is free Free, and uh, producing video content and uh, also live streaming content and show up consistently and also make sure uh, the content is good. Not just, hey, look at me, but what you are communicating through video or live streaming video content. And because of the video that I shared, I gained all those amazing opportunities to work with Adobe, HubSpot, ICM, Rush, this and that, and even for my immersion last year in Singapore, we visited HubSpot, Adobe. We almost visited uh, Microsoft. All those companies. And without my my video content, I wouldn't be able to grow so much within a relatively uh, short period of time. Hmm. So if you are looking for some tools that is free. I highly recommend uh, producing uh, more video content, and especially live streaming. And it is such a great way to engage your customers, to co-create with them, to give them voice, to give them agency. I just love live streaming video content or video content. Fantastic.
1: It's such an important uh, recommendation.
5: We want to work with human beings. Even though you are Hmm. a brand, We want to see the human, the personality behind a logo. And what a better way than live video it is to humanize your brand. That's right. To humanize who you are. You know, that emotional connection, that human connection, makes a huge, huge, huge difference.
1: Hmm, Sounds terrific, and I do agree with you. You know, there are many things that... uh affects each uh, each of us uh, successes however i believe that for each of us there is one thing that really made it for them and i want to ask you what is your one key success factor
5: action taking action Hmm. and nothing there's nothing more powerful than taking action action has given me so much clarity and uh, on how I want to grow as an entrepreneur, how I want to build my school, and that has given me uh, just so much. I really recommend everyone. You know, we all love planning. We all want to make sure everything is perfect. And I want to remind you that perfection does not exist. Hmm. And the only way for us to move closer to perfection is taking action Hmm. and whatever you want to do, start taking action, experimenting with things. And can you imagine planning and planning and planning and perfecting your plan so much and then you launched this thing and then you discovered that is not what your customers want. Hmm. What a disaster, right? Right. Take small action, validating your idea, sharing your idea, taking baby steps. I share with you my immersion. I only give myself four months from ideation, implementation. It was kind of rush, but Hmm. at the same time, I gained so much clarity. I have a list of things that I want to improve this year, but I wouldn't be able to develop this list without taking action in the very first place. So action, Is our best teacher. Hmm. I mean, you can learn so much from reading a book and or listening to a podcast. But if you never implement anything that you learn from this podcast interview, from the book you just read, from the course you just took with the influencer, nothing will happen in your business. Hmm. Nothing. That's right. And start taking action. Even though you may not get to that perfection level, it will help you make progress
1: sure watch dr eyes live streaming shows and special interview with mark Schaefer, and her special interview with seth golden on youtube thank you for listening today as entrepreneurs we are starting something new every day from starting new entrepreneurships start in an online course or start monetizing your online business and so much more. Many of the entrepreneurs I meet today look how to stay on solid ground while starting their entrepreneurship. However, some of the most successful entrepreneurs are those that decide to use a totally new market or service and got huge success. How to start is indeed one of the biggest concerns of many entrepreneurs. But there are also so many opportunities around us today. Try to look around for opportunities that fit your capabilities and can help you reach success in a faster, easier way. I look forward to meeting you next week. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, It all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.